Welcome to Healing for the Soul podcast with this being season number four, episode number eight, and I am your host, Robin Stoltman. Today, I have my guest, Joan Samuels-Dennis, who is a registered nurse psychotherapist who is a trauma recovery specialist on the show talking about overcoming trauma. And before we get started, remember, every week I feature different guests to help you become the best version of yourself through different methods you may not have heard of or thought of. So let's get started. Thank you, Joan, for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a real pleasure, Robin. I'm excited to be with you today and to talk about how we can help people overcome their traumas. Well, yes, that is something that is very much needed. So your specialty is the trauma work, but who specifically do you like to work with? Um, anyone who is ready, really. So um, I work a lot, let me say, with couples whose traumas are kind of showing up in their relationships in various ways. I work with individuals ranging from, say, age 12 all the way up to the more senior 65-year-old and above. Uh, but predominantly, I'm dealing with people who are perhaps age 28 and into the upper 40s, maybe early 50s kind of range. And that would make sense, especially given the more of the marital part of it. Yes, yes. I can understand that one myself. (laughs) What is the best way to contact you with the time zone? Oh, okay. Yes, I'm in the Pacific time zone. And so you can reach me. Um, I have, uh, you can reach me online uh, through my website at any time, really. And then after that, by phone, uh, 236-852-2299. And you can call me anytime between nine uh, to five. Awesome. And that is helpful. So I appreciate that for our audience that is just tuning in and like later if they want to catch more of what it is that we're talking about. So or what inspired you to do the work that you do, especially with trauma? Yeah, I would say, you know, our biggest inspiration is always ourselves, right? Because uh, one of the things that I have come to understand, um, and it's the principle by which I practice that all of us have experienced a trauma. Now, some people go, what? I've experienced a trauma. So let me let me first just talk about what a trauma is, because most of us think a trauma is about the incident or the event. And the trauma is not classified as traumatic unless you have a traumatic response. So what does a traumatic response look like? Well, you become overwhelmed. You are afraid. Uh, in most cases, panicked, even if you don't outwardly show it. Um, and in a lot of cases, cases, people feel like they're being punished. That's the qualifier. Now, you and I could experience the exact same event, but we will not experience it in the same way. And so your response might be traumatic, whereas mine is not. So that's why I like to talk about the fact that it's not the event that we focus on. It's more your response. And how many of us can say we don't have an event in our lifetime that has overwhelmed us, caused us to feel afraid, panicked, or like we're being punished? I can't say I can't say that I using that criteria. No, I, I don't think there is anyone that does exist that would not have any of that. Right. And most of us have experienced three of those particular events. I say we've experienced three particular events because more some of us have experienced more. 
but they're not unique events. They're now the repeating of a traumatic pattern. And that's where most of us get trapped. So for example, um, I deal with people who've experienced trauma in their childhood. It could be physical abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse of some kind. It could be a, a traumatic event like a car accident or the death of a loved one. Those are probably the most common ones. Uh, mm -hmm. And then beyond that, there's other traumas. So you ask the question, how did I even get into this work? And so I had my own traumatic moments. Um, and as I went on to do my master's in nursing and my PhD in nursing, one of the things that I was searching for was really to help people who were still in that trauma place uh, and had not yet overcome it. Not only did I want it to be effective, I wanted to be quick. I also wanted it to be um, that it truly helped the person to overcome. I was aware even at that time that spirituality matters to the whole you know, solving of the puzzle. Um, and so I went basically on a journey. That journey would help me to resolve my own traumas. And over the last seven years, I've developed a technique. It's called smashing the mirror. And that technique helps me to now uh, work with my clients. And in three sessions, I help them overcome those first three events. And then in another four sessions, so that's seven sessions altogether, I help them resolve some of the belief systems that continue to help them to perpetuate the cycle of the trauma. So I help them see those patterns that they have formed and now locked themselves into and then break it. Um, so uh, smashing the mirror has been quite effective for me. It's taken me a long time to kind of get to the place where I'm now pushing it out to the public. Uh, but it's something that um, effectively uh, helps my clients to overcome the trauma. Which is always huge because that's like the number one thing I keep telling everybody, you know, like who even come see me for hypnotherapy. I'm like, this is why traditional therapy does not work is because you're constantly talking about the trauma. And yeah. when you add law of attraction, especially people that know about the law of attraction. Yes. It does work. Yeah. It can either work for you or against you. And yes. in the case of not dealing with the trauma, you're attracting more of it to you. That's right. Um, one of the you're talking about it. Yeah, one of the things I like to say to my clients is this, every thought is a prayer. Every True. single prayer is answered, right? So the True. thing, if you meditate on your thoughts, you are saying a prayer. So if your thoughts are negative, if they are trauma, traumatizing thoughts, if they are thoughts that are a set of beliefs about whether you're conscious of, of it or not, I don't deserve goodness. Um, I always struggle. Life is a struggle. That's a thought. And mm -hmm. so as you believe that thought and meditate on it day and night, then the thing that comes is the life struggle, um, is, you know, the anger, the rage that goes along with the struggle. And so you perpetuate by your thoughts, the very thing that uh, has harmed you. So in a lot of ways, our way of coping in that moment of the trauma, which you know, part of it is the negative groaning and moaning about what has just happened. If you continue to meditate on that, then you naturally attract that to yourself. You pull it into your life and you go, why am I experiencing this again? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like, um, in, in my case, I'm like, okay, I thought I dealt with some of it. And then like a new thing comes up and it's like, I literally like hear my subconscious mind asking, do you want, do you want to go down this cycle again? And I'm like, no, thank you. 
I've already dealt with this. I don't need to deal with it again. So where's the proof? This is actually what I started asking myself. I'm like, where's the proof that this is the here and now? Because I don't see that in my surroundings. Right. Uh, That's such a powerful question, right? Like, where is the proof that this is present right now, right? And so, um, so, you know, and to kind of link that to the therapeutic process that I I work with, I always ask my clients to go back into the past. They bring me into the memory, describe what they're seeing so that I can be there with them. And as I am there with them, you know, I'm looking for certain pieces of information. So like, what did they want to actually happen in that moment versus what did, right? So when you say, when you say to them, so like, give me the proof of what is present right now. It's okay. So is what is present right now, what was present back then? Or is what is present right now, the thing you actually wanted to happen, right? And so in our thought process, just by you saying, you know, like, what is present right now? Is it the thing I want? Or is it the thing I didn't want? Right? And so as you then identify that you go, Oh, okay, I'm creating a new future because that awareness alone brings a new future. Every thought is a prayer. I would agree with you because now I'm thinking about my own self. I'm like, yeah, do I got that success that I've that I've wanted yet? No. So it's like, okay, that's why I can't just, I'm not consciously so much anymore. I'm just like, okay, subconsciously, I'm like, study people who are successful. Study yeah. what I do want. Change my friends. <laughs> like, yeah. A couple of years ago, I think it was at, no, maybe about a year or two ago. Someone said, well, you're the average of the five people you're hanging around the most. And I thought, (laughs) I looked at everybody around. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, heck no. We're changing this out. Right. Um, And, you know, the the thing that that is so fabulous about that is as you then decide on what the future is to look like, what success does look like, then you create the thoughts that then bring that success. Right. And so but part of the process that I, I teach my clients is this. You have to know what thoughts are present and then replace them, right? Because there, yeah, is, there is a trauma script that all of us operate by. And the overcoming of the trauma is now being able to say, okay, I got through that. There were some lessons that were embedded in that moment for me. I need to see the lessons that are hidden there. So that's why we go back. We receive the lessons, come into the present, And from the present, without saying, oh, I've been traumatized, instead saying, I have overcome, from that present moment, be able to say, what does the future look like? And whatever your success story looks like, that's what you create. And I mean, you want to be detailed about what it is that you create, you know, like you want to see, okay, I'm making this amount of money, I'm working with these kinds of people, I have these kinds of resources, I have this kind of help. You know, I I live in this kind of house. I have this kind of marriage. I have this kind of life. And as you describe each of those, you create a picture. And if you meditate on that day and night, then that is what comes. That's probably why I work. I'm I'm like trying to think what happened um, for myself. And now that's really making me stop and think, okay, what was I doing that created more of what it is that I'd rather have. Yes. And that is like what you just said. It's more of that meditating on what it is that I want to have. I did this with my husband this morning. I'm glad that you mentioned that because 
I did that with him this morning. He was like, why are you up on the couch? You know, and not in the bed, whatever. I'm like, because now I can take and play in my imaginary world. Yeah. <laughs> so I told, he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm in my own little world right now. I says, I want to stay in there and play because they're like in my house, in, in my mind, I, I see my house, I see the mansion because yeah, we have yeah. enough kids, a house yeah, that's, yeah. um, we need five bedrooms bare minimum and that's considered a mansion. I figured yeah. that out. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, I told him, I'm like, I was just living in there. I was playing in there because I'm like, I can see my huge kitchen. I can see like how, like the granite countertops. Like we've got all this. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but I never really stopped and thought about like the, the detail part of it. Yes. You know, like everything really has to be detailed. Cause that's one thing that I've been asking a lot of people is some people say, no, it doesn't have to be very, very detailed about, especially about like the money amount. Yes. Yes. And then other people are like, well, no, it doesn't have to be detailed at all. And so I get like two conflicting messages. You know, what I have you found to be best. Especially I think, after trauma. I think the more specific you are, um, especially, um, well, yeah, we can talk about trauma, but I think the more specific you are with that vision, right? So if you want to be healed, for example, one of the questions that I ask my clients as they are coming through the door is I ask them to think about a miracle, right? So mm -hmm. if I went to bed tonight, I had a great sleep. And by the time I woke up, a miracle had happened, right? And now I'm living the best life. As you said, I've become the yeah. best version of me. I'm living the best life. I am doing all of those things that, you know, I'm supposed to do. What would life look like, you know? And so then I get specific with the question. So how would things have changed? How would your career have changed? How would your daily life have changed? How would you have changed? You know, what are, how would your friends have changed? Um, how would your relationships and the way you relate to people have changed? And when my clients respond to that question, I use their word symbols because there's always symbol, symbols. Yes, there is. Right. I, yeah, I use their word symbols to identify, oh, okay, so that's where they're wanting to accelerate to. And that's really the underlying goal here. So then when I, when I work with them, I have a good sense of, okay, so where are they now? Mm -hmm. And where are they wanting to? And what is the in-between? What is the in-between? And so as we overcome our traumas, what I find is, we already know the thing that we want. And as we come or overcome our traumas, the clarity of how to get there uh, becomes known to us, right? So if, if you're now in a place where your relationships, almost every single one of them is filled with conflict, but you are aspiring in your miracle for every relationship to be at peace, for people to listen to you, communicate well, understand you, right? then I, I know the thing you also want for yourself. You're wanting peace within you. You're wanting understanding of yourself. You're wanting uh, for communication with yourself to be at that highest level. You're wanting to listen to you. So then my question always is, okay, so if this is where you are right now, and that's really where you want to be with yourself, what's blocking you? And when we find the block, we go back. <laughs> And we go back to the past and we move through a forgiveness process. And as we move through a forgiveness process, we release that thing 
and we welcome something new to come in. You always have to release and then grab hold of something new. You cannot leave it vacant, right? Because then no. your mind just does this thing where it fills it, you know? So as you yeah, open it for you. Great. So as you release the fear that was in that traumatic moment, you're gonna have to say, okay, so how do I love? Right. And so it's always fear, love, fear, love. And so as you grab hold of love in that place of peace, because that's what love is, yeah. in that place of compassion and understanding and all of those wonderful things that come along with love from that place, anything you desire will be yours. Right. So you may want to be well off financially, but you may have no desire to be rich. Right. True. Or you may want to just be financially comfortable. And that has nothing to do with what we in our society would consider rich. But as you resolve your traumas, and then as you come into that place of love, and as you meditate on the thing that you want, whatever it is that you know you deserve, then that is the thing that comes. That's why the law of attraction works, right? We know the secret yeah. is love, right? And that's it. That's, that's the secret. It, they could have just made the book really short and just had like 400 pages and just wrote love on every page. <laughs> Yeah, they could have. And then to experience the thing that you want. Yeah. When you can experience it. Yes. Then that's when it starts to happen. Exactly. And and you are right. They could have they could have done that. But <laughs> not like everybody's like that. It's nothing bad. It's just like not everybody's up to par on on this new. It's not even new because I even found in the Bible in Habakkuk two and two. That's right. You have to write the vision. That's right. You have to write your goal. Yes. Right. You have to make the vision clear and then the way to get there. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the person will run to it, which got me thinking because like I've dealt with a lot of, I've dealt with a more trauma than most people go through in one lifetime. And I don't yeah. say it just to say it. It's just like, it's a huge process of saying, Hey, this happened. I accept it. Now, what do I do about it? Right. And then it's, I realized in all of this, as we've been talking, I'm like, that's literally my life of, okay, I run from certain things and I don't do it on purpose. Like none of us do. And I recently really like in all of my thoughts, patterns, everything I've been asking myself, I did not know until like I said recently that trauma affects the finances. See, I thought it was just probably like most people think that it just affects your body or yes. you know, like at that moment that it doesn't affect you long term, but it does. Yes. And I never realized that it, that's why I'm quote stuck in the financial area yes. is because of the trauma. And it's like, I just want to let it go whatever it is. So then I started asking myself those questions, not as detailed as you, but now it's making me think, okay, now I need to get more into it. <laughs> but it's like, I realized when things came up, if I had to choose um, money or having what I know I deserve, I've always had to choose the other. Yes. Like, class perfect example is myself. Um, my son, when he was stolen by Minnesota Child Protection at four days old without court orders or proof, I had to literally, most people, they give up money to have their children. Most people are not willing to give up their house, the state they live in, their friends, 
that are actually your, your real family. And then you got your relatives, you know, you got all these people. I gave up all of that mm. just to save the life of my unborn child. Mm. And I have them now, you know, but yeah. most people are not willing to do all of that. Yeah. And I've had to. So that was another example. My, my mind was like, okay, give me every example that we've had to choose yes. money or what we really desire. Right. And I desire to have children very, very strongly. Yes. So yes. that's where I'm like, okay, now what can I do to shift that? Because I still need money too. Yes. Yes. Um, so when I work with my clients, um, mm -hmm. you know, I talked about smashing the mirror and I want you to um, imagine that the mirror uh, is reflecting to us what the trauma is, but all the things that are around the trauma as well. Mm -hmm. So um, most of us, we zoom into the trauma and what was done wrong to us, but we don't see what was before and we don't see what should come after, right? So I yeah. get clients to, as they build the mirror, to mm -hmm. see the individual who harmed them. And in this case, if it's the state, right? Yeah. Uh, I get them to see... Uh, what were they like just before that incident happened? I and thought doctors were God. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Bad mistake. Right. So when you put your faith in a system, the system can also disappoint you. Um, but then you have to also then notice the thing you were attempting to do, which is to be productive, to be creative, which is what pregnancy and having children yeah. is. So notice how much production and creativity is noticed is is connected to our income. So then uh, the question might be, did you have a did you have a, a a strong sense that you had the right to reproduce or to be creative? No. Right. And so if you don't think you should produce and you should create, then you leave the door open your thoughts again. You leave the door open for others to come and claim what you will not claim yourself. So in that moment, I am building the mirror and I'm showing my clients, you know, here's a belief and here's an action that, you know, basically goes along with that belief. So in a lot of ways, what you have welcomed into your life, um, you've welcomed it through a belief system that basically said, I do not deserve to keep my children or claim my children or have my children. Uh, you so you can then start an attempt to have your children, but then in whatever way your thoughts will sabotage you, it will sabotage you. So now, as you begin to notice from the other person's perspective, that in a lot of ways they're just operating the way that you wanted them to operate. Yep, <laughs> that's everything I realized. Right, it's all about your thoughts, and now you're operating in a way that goes along with your thoughts as well. But it's all trauma based, right? And so, what was the original trauma? that caused you to even think that you would not deserve to have children in the first place, right? And so that could go back to a lot of different things. So we would leave that moment and go back to the earlier moment where the thoughts themselves were inspired. And then I want you to notice something else. In your mirror, there is going to be something called the trauma triangle. And that is where there's a persecutor, the person who's taking something from you or doing something to you, you as victim who's experiencing the persecution, somebody who's supposed to rescue you, right? And then all of this twisted triangle, because there's a twisted triangle, it's a very yeah, hard it is. 
bad way of coping, um, you create thoughts about what the persecutor looks like, what the person who's supposed to rescue you looks like, and you recreate that trauma triangle over and over and over again. And so when I pull my clients out of the trauma triangle and I say, okay, now you can smash it. I help them to understand what peace looks like for them. Mm -hmm. Peace is prosperity, peace is abundance, peace is love, peace is joy, hope, trust, faith, all of these wonderful things, right? So I pull them out of the trauma triangle and I say, where is the peace? What does it look like? Where's the hope? What does it look like? Where's the faith? What does that look like? Where's the trust? What does that look like? And as they build the mirror for me, I said, okay, so let's move towards peace. Let's come out of the triangle, which means you're not through your thoughts, through your speech, through your behavior, going to recreate this scene with different people over and over again. You're going to stop it today, right? And so then I get them to think about what peace looks like and Slowly, we move out of this place where the trauma triangle takes hold into this place of really reconciling with ourselves. What does reconciliation mean? It means that we come back to ourselves. It means we love ourselves. It means we claim the things that belong to us and that we, as we claim what belongs to us, we choose to stand in that position of peace, right? Once they know the full breadth of what the mirror is all about, then I say, okay, it's time to smash it. And as they smash it to pieces, really what they're grabbing hold of is, okay, now the future looks this way. Here's what that looks like. My thoughts, my speech, everything I behave now moves towards peace. And so they recreate something rather than looking into this mirror of trauma that they've been looking at for years and years and years. That sounds extremely helpful. Because like I was even thinking about some of it myself. I'm like, Yep, I kind of, like when you talk about the persecutor, I'm like, yep, I know. And then the person was supposed to help you. And I'm like, yep, and they didn't. <laughs> and then, yeah. So right. for me, when I was thinking about that, I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like how you do the trauma work to really help the person be able to smash that mirror to say enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. That's enough. Yeah. Right. And I want my peace. Right. I want to. Yeah place of rest and peace yeah so that's very helpful because yeah I can see why it wouldn't take as many sessions then and of course I suppose that's you know like person like myself who's been through a ton you know then by a ton I should probably be more specific it's like 43 <laughs> 43 different ones yeah yes. so for me that's a ton yes. um yes it's gets more tricky because it's like it's not just uh well because because of those 43, only three are real traumas. The rest are repetitions of those three traumas. So you can think yes, about it. They would be. So if you go back to the original three and mm -hmm. really zoom in on the healing of those original three, what you should find is that the shattering or the smashing of the mirror, as you do it, it just ricochets forward. It doesn't just stay in one moment because you go to the root and you're really pulling up the root. And so that's kind of the secret to what I do is I go to the root source. I don't fiddle around with what just happened, you know, two days ago, 10 no. days ago. I, I could, but if I'm going to fiddle around with that, I should know what the root is because then I can say to you, well, you've just repeated your trauma. Like, yeah. can you stop it now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's one of those, yeah. Because I'm, I'm glad that you said that, like, especially like for the different ones, because it's like, 
how does a person know which one it is? And then I'm like, well, I already released like one, like root cause yes. of one. Yeah. But I'm like, I wonder if that's like the ones that I notice that keep popping back up. Yes. Like repeatedly. Yes. Like I can catch them now. I'm like, yes. seriously, like July 2021 was like a series of, do you want right. this? Do you want this? And I'm like, no, I already dealt with this. Yes, yes. So, you know, it's always about meditation for me um, is, I, you know, I'll say to my clients, I want you to just sit and I want you to breathe and I want you to think about what's happening right now. And then as you do that, tell me the first time in your life that it happened, right? Like just spend some time with the memories because, you know, we do a, a life review as we meditate, right? So as we meditate, we do the life review, life review, life review. And we always go back to the first moment, you know. And, and as we go back to the first moment, that, that's where we start. It doesn't mean we don't forgive the other moments, but it's really important to see the mirror and see all the parts of the mirror in that first moment because you'll see your belief system. You'll see the things yeah. you fear. You'll see the way you love. You'll see peace. You'll see war. You'll see the truth. You'll also see the lies that you've been telling yourself, the things you make up after a trauma. And you'll see the cycle that you've been going through, you know, making yourself a victim over and over and over and over again. And so at that point, when you know the source and you've taken all the layers of it, um, then you pull out of it and you smash it. And that's when the freedom comes. I agree. <laughs> it, it's very freeing. I'm like, sometimes it doesn't feel the best. Yeah, you can feel very icky. Yes. That's like the best way to describe it. It, it. I I have been through this process myself. So, you know, um, one of the challenges for me is that I don't know anyone who does what I do. So, you know, to seek therapy for some of the things that are harder for me to process on my own is a challenge, right? Yes. Uh, so, you know, but but it as you go through, it does feel icky. It does feel um, hard at times, even the ones that bring the greatest resolve and the greatest, you know, love, they are deep down dark and ugly and not so, you know, they're not pretty cakes that you eat, no. right? They are, it feels like tar a bit. So you simply accept what it is and say, okay, I'm going in anyways, right? I, I can't stay in this place where I am, I have to have the courage, you know, and that's, that's when I say a prayer and I say, give me the courage so that I can yeah. face this thing that I need to face. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So do you work with children on teaching them to smash the mirror too, or just like the parents? Um, I am beginning the work of translating what I do into a curriculum so that um, eventually what I can help teachers understand is trauma and uh, how we recover from trauma, but then bring it right down to the level where even the grade five uh, student can understand what the mirror looks like. Um, so I'm just beginning that work. In my private practice, I mostly work with kids that are 12 and above. Um, because uh, you have to have a certain thought process in order to kind of move with me. Um, and so that's typically where I focus. But with those uh, children, I do. Uh, but I can't tell them necessarily it's the mirror that we're looking at because it's just too sometimes vague for them to understand. So I just give them little bits of the mirror 
and then later on as they become adults then they will understand but in the moments where they need it i talked to them about the trauma triangle i talked to them about repeating uh the mirror or the you know the victimization and they get it they they really do um and then with the parents the parents are much much easier of course to give yeah. the information to uh because they want to use that for their lives as well and so that it's always a lot of fun for me when i talk about smashing the mirror and um so usually when i do my therapy it's one thing and then afterwards i have a seven day course i call it the seven day healing challenge and that's where i talk to them uh, about the mirror more in depth and exactly what I'm doing my therapeutic process with them. And it really helps my clients go a long way. That is awesome. So with everything we've discussed, what is the biggest tip you have for people who have been through trauma to start the road to recovery? Yeah, the biggest tip um, relates to how do we actually start seeking help? And so the first step is about acknowledging the trauma. Um, and so use that definition that I've given, you know, a trauma, think about it as your specific response and the response is being overwhelmed, being afraid, panicking and feeling like you're being punished. Use that to identify the moments that you feel have traumatized you. The next step in the process is really allow yourself to accept help right? So we often think that we can go through and deal with our emotions on our own. And I want to say that even I can't do that. So how could I possibly expect a teenager, a young adult to do that, right? You need a good guide to walk you through a therapeutic process that really is about resolving these issues that you've been dealing with. So don't try and do it on your own. Books can be helpful, but books are intended to just release information. They're not necessarily intended to like take the place of a good therapist. Find yourself a good therapist and start your recovery journey. And it doesn't have to be with me. It just needs to be a good person who has compassion, who's able to lead you into that place where you can look at the things that you're supposed to see. And then once you see it, you're able to then use it to then do some really good stuff in the future. I would agree with you. So what is one more time the best way for people to get a hold of you? Best way is my website, drjoan.ca. And then once you go to my website, if you want to uh, uh, do a free 30 minute consultation, I offer that for anyone coming in to see me. And then after that, um, you can feel free to get in touch with me, text me. Uh, I said my telephone number for 236-852-2299. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joan. I really appreciate you being on the podcast and everything, and especially for our listeners and our viewers. Now they have more resources to be able to get a hold of you and be able to reach out. I so more people can help. Yes, I so appreciate you having me. Um, I see the sun is coming across my screen. So yeah. <laughs> but it's a beautiful rainbow that I see on my end. So it's right. <laughs> thank you for the light. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you for all of our listeners and our viewers. Again, this Healing for the Soul podcast, I am Robin Stoltman. Have a great day.